God is good. Amen. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You may sit down now. You know, church is, uh, church is actually one of the most amazing places to be because um, if people can grasp today, uh, it doesn't matter how many people come together in a church, in a body. Reality check. This is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of heaven. We have come together. And this is a very powerful place this morning. Did you know that? This is not that me and you have to ask God, will you please come? You brought him here. <laughs> and we, we are one with him, absolutely. And uh, I, I hope you're going to be surprised with the love and the grace and the mercy of God today. I want him to really bless you and touch you. I want to call my beautiful wife, Kathy, up here. Um, don't you think this woman is beautiful? <laughs> And that, and, that, and that God, that God uh, blessed me. I married up. I didn't marry down. I, uh, she, was it not for her, I got nothing. So anyway, um, she, she got a, a word to share. God, we practice a lot in, in our private time together. Uh, we practice a lot um, to, to hear God's voice and, and stuff. And Kathy is really growing in that. So I believe she got something for you guys today. Uh, so what I saw is, I saw Plato, and okay, Lord, what is this? And the Lord showed me that the Plato represented the ministry, and I believe that, and then there were children playing with the player, but the Plato, but the father was right there playing with with the children, and the chi- I, I believe that the Plato represents the ministry, and that the, the children represent you too, especially, but, but the leadership of this ministry, but the ministry overall that you have gone through, because I heard the word pliable, and you have remained pliable throughout the ministry and gone through a lot of change and transformation, but the Father's been right there playing with you. But then I saw you take the Play-Doh and you placed it in his hand, and you were amazed at what he made out of that Play-Doh. Amen. Amen. I can promise you she didn't think that out. And uh, so, amen. God is so good. Um, we have, I, uh, someone asked me on my birthday, um, actually my, uh, our pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Pastor Gregory Reether, he asked me, what is the wisdom on, on my birthday? He said, what's the wisdom that you got that you want to share with us tonight here as a group? And the only wisdom that I got that I want to share with people at this stage and this age of my life, there is nothing more important to be led by the Spirit of God. I'm telling you right now. Uh, to, to tell people God loves you, people know that. To tell people that, <laughs> you know, you are in a grace church, you've been taught the message of grace. We know all those things. That's amazing. And that's the foundation of our lives. All those things is being taught so that you can understand what it means to be one with God. Because to be one with God right now, Jesus said, me and the Father, we are one. That's one of the most amazing things that you can ever experience. To live a lifestyle that you know you are one with the Father. And that you are, you, you are being guided by the, by the Spirit of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they, they, these are the sons of God or the children of God, or in the Greek, there is no gender. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? There's not a, a youth Jesus, or a baby Jesus, or a female Jesus. 
It is Jesus. That's a new creation. Hallelujah. And one of the things that surprises me, people preach so many things lately, one of the things that really surprises me is that if you study just after the resurrection of Jesus, not one of his disciples, not one of them, even Mary, they did not recognize him. Have you seen that? Don't worry about that. Uh, it will work. Don't worry about it. Here's uh, <laughs> the thing. Did you realize it's amazing? Not one of them recognizes him. Because Jesus... And, and when the Bible says that the next moment he was in their midst. And they didn't recognize him in their midst. Because Jesus don't look the same than he looked historically as a human being on the earth. He looked completely different now. It's amazing. And uh, I, I just want to say to you that God, I don't know where you are today, in what situation you are God never give up on broken things. Never. Your life may look like chaos now, but that's God's beginning. How many of you agree with me that the earth was void and empty? And God said, <laughs> where there are things is broken and down and destroyed, this is where God begin your chaos. Your situation that you are in right now, maybe. You think this is your end. You think it's your defeat. But it's the Father's beginning. Isn't that awesome? And I, I want to talk today about <clears throat> the kingdom of God. And I want to talk about the pure image of Jesus. Amen. Right now, you maybe don't understand what I'm saying to you. But you're going to get what I say as we, as we go along. What do you mean by the pure image of Jesus when you talk about the kingdom of God? And I just want to start here with you right now, is that um, uh, Mark mentioned here that right now you stand before God, and, 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 and I think it's very difficult for people, especially it was for me, it was very difficult for me to wrap my mind about the reality that I'm absolutely pure, and that I'm absolutely righteous, as Jesus is right now. It was one of the most difficult things for me to wrap my mind around it because we are coming into that place that we want to perform. We, we need to do something to get God to bless us. We need to do something to get God. But you know, there is no greater place to be in this world to, to, to understand that you are absolutely one with heaven and absolutely one with God right now. You don't have to ask that the kingdom of God come, please. Jesus prayed that prayer, and, and if you really study it out, it's not really what people in traditional circus think, think when Jesus say, let your kingdom come. The kingdom have arrived already. You are living on this side of the grave. The kingdom of God have arrived in you as you sit there. I don't care what's going on in your mind, how you feel, what have happened with you yesterday, what have happened with you an hour ago. Reality check, the kingdom of God is in you. And I want to bring that down. And there's a verse that is outstanding for me in, in the old covenant. It's one of the verses that is outstanding for me. Because in this new covenant... That we are living in. How many of you agree with me? That you cannot work for anything. You receive it for free. <laughs> it's for free. If you start working. You just start getting in deeper trouble. It's, it's just making it worse. You know. It's for free. Everything is for free. Dear it is. Get it. Have. It's yours. 
But people struggle with, with me just making that statement right now, saying to you that you've received it all for free in Christ. People would say, how is that possible? You know, I don't feel like I've received anything. I don't experience the fact that I have received it. Because I can make a statement to you right now. One of my statements is, is this. Colossians 1 says that the fullness of the God that dwells in Him bodily. And you are complete in Him. Right now I'm complete. But I don't always feel complete. Are you with me? I don't always have complete thoughts. You know. Kathy can upset me. You know. Or I can upset her. We are two human beings living together. And stuff can happen. And then I feel like I'm not complete anymore. But that's not how God sees you. That's not who you are created. Are, are you with me? It's a verse that's outstanding in the book of Deuteronomy. And the old covenant. A powerful verse. Deuteronomy 29, 29. You can't forget it. It's very powerful. It says that the secret things belongs to the Lord God. But the revealed things belongs to us. Woo! When I read that for the first time, suddenly I understand a lot of things. You cannot really receive something unless it's revealed to you. Like for the fact I was living under a sin conscience and condemnation for a long time in my life until righteousness was revealed to me. When the moment that it was revealed to me, it belongs to me. You can't get it away. You can't take me out of it. You can't say to me, Peter, you are not righteous. Look how you live. Look what you're doing. You are not righteous. No, sorry. You are talking to the wrong person. I've got the revelation that I am righteous. You can't take it from me. That's who I am. It's the same of holiness. It's the same of the power of God. It's the same of the kingdom of God. It's the same of the anointing. Thank you for enthusiasm. You may sit down now. So we struggle to wrap our minds about that, you know. So I've realized when we, that, 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 that uh, uh, the, the, when we think about the things that we have in Christ and who we are in Christ, we think heavenly th thoughts. Then it means we are thinking throne room reality. You have relocated your mind from the earth to God in the throne room when you begin to think what you have. And who you are in Christ Jesus. We tend to think earthly. <laughs> Isn't that true? The other night I was standing outside our house. And, and I was just talking to the Lord. He began to talk to me about the new creation that I am. How many of you are new creations today? You know it's amazing. One of the cars that I really love is a Mercedes Benz. I love a Mercedes Benz. It's a fantastic car. I don't care what you think. Yes, reality. All other cars are losers. So, so you are a loser if you drive any other car. Sorry. I'm joking. But, but um, uh, uh, you, you can buy, uh, uh, they can have a brand new Mercedes-Benz at the dealership. The moment that you drive that thing out of that dealership, it lost value in that moment. And if you come back a week later, they would say to you, sorry, sir, it's like $10,000 drop on the price right now. We can't give you the exactly. And you can say to them, man, I only drive five miles with this car down the road. And I'm back with this car. They would say, sorry, sir, it lost value. The moment you get out of here, this car don't have the same value anymore. Are you with me? The fact is, every day that you wake up, you are new. You don't lose value. 
You cannot lose value. It's impossible to lose value. If you are living in this world, I'm just talking here that you can get used to my voice. We are getting into the sermon now any moment. But here's the thing is, everything in this world is losing value. Have you seen that? Houses lose value. Land, no, it's not a really an investment to... to uh, a car is not really an investment. Are you with me? It loses value. Land maybe have, can have value, can go up of land. You understand what I'm saying to you? A house value can go up, depends on where the house is built. Are you with me? But if you look, at, if you look in the world, everything that mankind have built, everything that mankind have made, everything that mankind tried to do lose value. You can go to the gym and you can build muscles, stop for two months, you see how you look again. You lose value, are you with me? Stuff begin to hang, that's supposed to be... Are you with me? Why is this thing flopping under my arm? It was like, it was like this. It lose, everything lose value. But as a child of God, like I asked my friend, are you on a diet? He says, man, I don't know. I'm last 25 years on a diet. <laughs> and I'm still the same, you know. It's like, it's like we don't change things. We can't uphold this value. That's why you've got to understand that you have, you have been born from above. You've not really born from here. Your mom and dad brought you into this world. But the moment that you are born again, you have been born from above. You've been born from heaven. You can't lose value. <laughs> the father looked at you every day the same. He, he don't look at you and say, oh, gosh, look how he looked now. <laughs> Jeez, I started out good with him. Look at him now. Gosh. Doesn't work that way. Are you with me? The Father loves you unconditionally. He sees you as perfect, valuable, full of treasure. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. Um, talking about the kingdom, I realized, lately I realized there's something that, that plays a role and it's something that I had when I was younger as a child of God. And um, how many of you agree with me that as a child of God, we, we, have, we come through different backgrounds, all of us. You agree with me? And, but there is stuff that we have learned from them that, that got value. I mean, the group that I came out of, we were a bunch of risk factors. We were a bunch of people who can take a risk. Are you with me? I think there's one thing that, 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 that Christians are afraid of is to take a risk. <laughs> How many of you agree with me? Faith comes by hearing. You got, you got to step out on what you hear. I know grace people don't like to don't, don't, don't preach that. No, it's a fact. If the Father spoke to me, I, I'm, I'm going. I'm doing what He tell me to do. Because if the Father speaks to me and I really hear Him, Sometimes people are led by their emotions or they are led by what other people say. But if you really understand what it means to be a son in the house of the father and you are truly in relationship with him and he speaks, you, you, you will step out. Me and Cassie took a huge risk this year, uh, excuse me, last year when we gave the church up to our son and we uh, moved to Tulsa. I mean, we had, we had nothing. We had a real estate agent that we told we're going to buy a home. We didn't have money to buy a home. But God told us. <laughs> Are you with me? 
we just go. We have a home now. We have a home, everything that we wanted to have. Are you with me? One morning, me and Kathy were praying. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, let's talk to the Lord about how, what we want as a house. And I know what the bank qualifies us for. Next moment, she began to throw in a pool and a hot tub and stuff. And, and I'm sitting there. We are busy praying. She says, God, is she crazy? She's way over what we qualify at the bank right now. Can we just back up here for a minute? Can I just stop her in the middle of this prayer? <laughs> Guess what? We got a house with a pool. <laughs> the hot tub is on its way. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I just, I just want to say to you guys, there is a risk factor. And um, the reason for the fact, for the fact that, that we sometimes fear to, to take a risk fact, the, the, the fact that we want to take the risk is, is that sometimes we are so caught up in doctrine and we are not really caught up in faith. And doctrine is, it can be your enemy. There's place for doctrine, but doctrine can become your enemy. Um... And that's why faith comes by hearing. Amen. And, and here comes Jesus. And I love this. When Jesus, just after John the Baptist was uh, put in prison in Mark 1, 14 and 15. Here comes Jesus on the scene. I want you to listen to me very clearly this morning. And I want you to open your heart. Because I honestly believe this is the, right, the direction that the body of Christ is going. And I honestly believe that. Um, that God really wants to manifest His kingdom through you and through each one of us. Um, we have been talked too much. It's time to say what the Lord say and then step out and take that risk, whatever He say to us. Amen? Amen. And after John was put in prison, um, Jesus begin to preach the gospel of the kingdom, the Bible says. The gospel of the kingdom. In, in other words, he was preaching the good news of the kingdom. What is the good news of the kingdom? You ever ask yourself that question? What is good news of the kingdom? That's, that's a very good question. We're going to look into that. And Jesus said, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand, Repent and believe the gospel. So when Jesus say the kingdom of God is at hand, what does he mean? Does he mean there's a little cloud floating with him? He was pointing to himself. He was saying to the people, if I touch you, the kingdom touches you. If you touch me, you touches the kingdom. Remember the woman with the issue of blood. She touches Jesus. She touches the kingdom of God. She touches the authority, the dominion of God that have authority over all sickness, poverty, sin, and everything that can be there that separate man from God. Jesus say, I've come in your midst. Begin to think different. That's what repent means. Metanoia. Think different and believe the good news. Woo! Come on! I think you are already closer to what reality is here today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Repent, metanoia, think different, and believe the gospel. Whoa! 
You know what's, what I found out? I think there's a problem in the body of Christ. Some people hate me for that. It's fine that I say that because some people think if I just renew my mind, everything is, will, will be perfect. Can I tell you something? You cannot renew your mind unless you first believe. That's why the gospel goes straight to your heart. The gospel persuades my heart. In other words, with the heart we believe. You can't renew your mind if you don't believe something. Many people try to renew their mind, renew their mind, just, just trying to convince themselves in their own minds about something. But here's the reality. You need a revelation of what Jesus has done, and the gospel is being revealed to you. It touches your heart. Then you know it belongs to me. Now the renewing of the mind is actually very easy. It's not difficult. Because it, the one flows into the other one. Amen? So I asked the question... I asked Jesus one day the question, I say to him, what does it mean? What did you preach when you preached the gospel of the kingdom? I mean, you were on that side of the cross. We are on this side of the cross. We know what good news is. Good news means I've been forgiven for eternity. Good news is I've been made alive in Christ Jesus. Good news is I have received grace. Good news is I am a son of God. Good news is Jesus has done it all for me. But what did you preach? That was on the other side of the cross. You ever thought about that? So I came down on this verse. And in Matthew 7 verse 28 to 29 he says... And so it was when Jesus has ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority. Wow! And not as the scribes. And suddenly something popped out when I read that. What does it mean to teach with authority? And what does it mean to teach like the scribes? Can I tell you what the scribes teach? The scribes teaches the law and they put a yoke on the people and they separate the people from God. Jesus came and take the yoke off and make them one with God. Jesus came and said to them, hey, the days that you are separated from God, that's over. Here I am right in the midst of you. Touch me, you touch God. I touch you, God touches you. I am here to tell you that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins and He forgives people. I don't condemn you. Have you seen that? He touched the lepers. He was supposed, he, 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 according to the law, He's supposed to have that sickness. He do all those things. He taught as one who have authority. Why? Because He was bring them, bringing them back to the identity that they have in God. Which men have lost. Say identity. Okay, I don't hear you. Say identity. This is a real powerful word as we go further on here with kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love this. Jesus restored identity by telling people who they are. The scribes, they separate people from God because they tell them who they are not. They tell them to do something to become like God. Are you with me? Jesus reconciled people to the Father. The preaching of the kingdom is really about restoration of identity. Remember what he said to the, to the uh, 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 well, in the book of Luke, 
he said to the guy that they dropped through the roof, in the book of Luke, they say to that man, he, Jesus said to me, man. But in the book of John, if you study the Greek, John says, Jesus said to that guy, son, yeah. your sins are forgiven you. Yeah. Jesus lifted him out of his slave mentality. Yeah. And he put him up as a son, and this is why they get really upset. How can this guy do this? Who is this guy to forgive sins? He says, I will prove to you that sins are forgiven by just telling this man, stand up and walk. <laughs> because what is greater to say that your sins are forgiven or to say to this man, stand up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins on the earth. So I say to this man, stand up and walk. Can you see how sickness and forgiveness of sins is connected? Because if you are forgiven, you are healed too. If you can wrap your mind around the reality that you are forgiven. Do, are we attacked by sickness? Yes, of course. Sickness is all over in this world. But it doesn't mean that we have to suffer under it and live under it. Thank you for enthusiasm. I love you, Jesus. So here comes Jesus. Let's, let's have a look at this image. Because right now... I know that I have been born out of love. I don't become love. I am love. Isn't that true? Stop saying to yourself, I'm going to study the word no more. And I'm going to pray no more until Jesus has given me enough. Until, until I got enough love for other people and for myself. No, it's a revelation that you already got it. Amen? Amen. But I want to show you another picture of who you are, which is not really preached much in grace circles. And I'm not judging. I mean, it's really important that we see in grace circles. I don't want to use the word circle, but in the grace movement or in the finished work move, let's put it that way. In the finished work move, we see that we are loved unconditionally. Amen. We see that we are full of grace. We see that we are righteous. We see that we are holy. We see that we don't have to work for these things. Amen. This is who we are. We know that we have been risen from the dead, made alive. That's why Paul say uh, in Ephesians, but God who is rich in mercy, Ephesians 2, 4, because of His great love that He loved us with. <laughs> Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. And then He throw in there in brackets, by grace you have been saved. And raised us up together. And made us sit in heavenly places together with Him. Are you with me? That in the ages to come He might show us the, the exceeding riches of His grace and kindness to us. We are living in that age. I'm telling you right now. Are you with me? So we know these things. But I want to show you another picture that, that I believe that needs to be restored to the body of Christ. Because in Luke 9 verse 1 and 2, he say, And then he called the twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Woo! I'm telling you, here's a move coming out of the grace move that's going to shake the nations. How many of you know that it looks really dark in the world right now? I mean, the United States still look good. You go into other countries, it does not look good. We don't even have it bad yet. There's places people got it bad. I mean, but it's not as good as it was. <laughs> you agree with me? 
In Matthew 10, Jesus says, verse 7 and 8, And as you go preach, saying, This is so powerful. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. A very short sermon. A very short sermon. In their context, they understood what it means to say to someone, Hey, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They are saying to that person, the authority of God from heaven that have dominion over sickness and disease and every demonic force and every sin that is, is right here, right now. And you are ready to receive it. It's not a long sermon. There's nothing about it. They believed what, in what they say. Are you with me? He said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils or demons. And then he said, freely you have received freely give this is the most powerful statement ever that's why peter in acts is it two or three i'm not acts three or four four i'm not sure he said to the crippled man he said gold and silver i do not have some people thought peter was poor he was just saying to him i don't have with me now that part they didn't put in there are you with me because they were not poor he's gold and silver i do not have but what i I give unto you. And he grabbed him by the hand and he pulled him up. Some risk right there. What I have. Freely you receive, freely give. Was it only for those special guys? I tell you, those guys was a bunch of knuckleheads. You go and study them out, you will see this was not... This was not the Holy Joes. I don't even want to go into, I don't even want to go into, start telling you who each one of those disciples were. They, they were not the cream of the crop. I can tell you that right now. They were not. And Jesus trusts them by giving them <laughs> authority to do this powerful stuff. And here we are on this side of the cross. We have been made righteous. Woo! Come on! To understand what happened here, we have to go back to the beginning because there's something that Jesus did here that was lost in the identity of mankind. And that is something that needs to come back into the body of Christ. Because when God created man originally, and this is before the fall, God said to man in Genesis 1.28, He said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the every living thing. Every living thing. That moves on the earth. So the identity that God have created mankind originally in was a man with dominion. Was a man who could subdue. Was a man who didn't allow anything that is destructive to come and overtake it. Are you still with me? And this is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus came. And to restore dominion. And to restore in the identity of man. And I mean, we, we have preached these things earlier in, in a different move that I was. But there was not much love in it. 
it was very much based on works and it was very much based on performance it was very much based on how i can build my faith up you know and i can and and oh stuff is not happening because my faith is low i gotta work on my faith are you with me but we have grown in revelation i don't build faith up anymore i have the faith of jesus christ i'm not going up and down in my faith i have the same faith that Jesus have. It's a gift. It's been given unto me. It's a gift unto you. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you try, see, man, man was deceived in his identity and, and it become. I, I honestly believe that Adam and Eve was full of innocence and love. And mercy and grace. That's how God created them. Because He created them in their image. Not only with authority. They had love. Because God is love. Come on. They were full of it. They lost it. They were deceived. Say deceived. And they fall into a never ending lifestyle of trying to become what they were. And they couldn't get it back. Because they have a destructive nature now or a fallen nature now. They've become darkened. Say darkened. That's another word that you need to remember now today. Say identity. Say darkness. Say light. We're going to step over here today. Thank you Jesus. The kingdom of darkness. Is a fallen identity in the first Adam. Okay, we're going to get close to home today. You're going to walk out here. You're going to say, man, I'm full of the kingdom of heaven. man. Just because I'm a son of God. Jesus. Darkness. Let me tell you something. People preach a lot of stuff on darkness and light. And say, look at the world. It is darkness. No. The world that Jesus and Paul and John and the disciples were living in was a different world than we are living in today. The world that they are talking about was darkness. And the darkness that they were talking about was a violent opposition against the identity and likeness of God in man. You still with me? Even to this day, to this moment, people think Satan's attack on them is my car broke down. Satan broke my car. No, the thing is old. It's an engine. It's breakable. I had a flat tire. Satan put a bottle in the road. No, he did not. You didn't look where you drive. Are you with me? Someone crashed, sent a man and he crashed into my car. Satan sent someone and crashed. No, Satan didn't send that person. We got to get off from these things. Satan don't care about that stuff. We live in a fallen world. The attack is a violent attack on your identity. Because if you lost that, you, you don't have to worry about you anymore. Have you seen the early church, how they were persecuted and how they were coming after them? Because he lost in the reality of who they are because they know who they are. So he takes an extra extreme and it's come violently against them in the flesh. Trying to make them, to bring them to a place that they are discouraged and that they are depressed. And that's what Paul (laughs) said, sorry I'm under the grace of God. It may look like this, but I'm telling you, I'm coming out. I maybe look defeated in the flesh, but I'm not. You will see. 
Amen. Me and my wife, not long ago, we were in a place that looks like we're defeated. It looks like that, very seriously. Huh? But that's a lie in the world because my God, where, where it looks like it's my defeat, it's my father's beginning. And if I look back, I can see how we have began a new chapter and a new story and a new journey. And I'm on it. And you are on it. Amen. So here we read in, in Romans 5, 17, we read, he said, this is such a well-known verse, but I want to show you something. I want to show you how, how powerful kingdom word uh, passage this is. Because he said, therefore, by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. <laughs> huh? Much more. <laughs> Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in in this life through the one Jesus Christ. There's people who are preaching now about stuff that's going to happen in the future, in the future that is coming. All good. Paul wrote to verse to church to churches. If you see where they talk every time about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, you in that passages you will see it's people, it's churches that basically have given up hope and he tried to encourage them and bring them back to reality. And then he actually tell them, Hey, you know what? If you even can't get that, then I want to tell you there's one more hope for you, Jesus is coming. But that was never the plan of the gospel. <laughs> the plan of the gospel is a present tense reality right now. I'm living in resurrection power. Right now I'm living in the life of Christ. Right now heaven has shown up. Heaven is not coming one day. Heaven has shown up inside of you, inside of me. Look, look. God has moved into the neighborhood. Isn't that amazing? For by one man through our Lord Jesus Christ... You know what? I think that's a wrong translation because a couple of verses further on, and here's a word here that is powerful, and that word is reign. How many of you know that reign is a kingdom word? Huh? You will reign in this life. Ha! I will reign over emotions. I will reign over sickness. I will reign over. I will, other, I will not submit myself to other people's emotions. I will love them in spite of where they are. Isn't that true? But I, I believe it's wrong because you say, those who receive the abundance of, of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in this life. But I think verse 21 shows it right to us because we are getting closer to to where I'm going with you here this morning, because in verse 21 he says, So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace, now listen to this, might reign, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I honestly believe what he is saying here is, he is saying that grace reigns through righteousness. What does it mean to be righteous? To be righteous means that you stand before God just as if you have never sinned. You didn't make yourself righteous. God made you righteous. If you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, whether you like it or not, you can try to work for it. But the point is you are already righteous. And you can try to be more righteous. You're just stupid. Because you already have it. You are like someone who has a million dollars in the bank and outside of the bank you try to get a million dollars while you already have it. Yeah. Still with me? Yeah. 
He made you. You are free of sin. You are not a sinner. People say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, you are the righteousness of God saved by grace. So he said, this is what he said here, is that grace reign through righteousness. So God's grace will continuously come and flow through you as long as you know, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that powerful? Do you know that grace, everything that me and you need is caught up in grace. To be healed is the grace of God. To be forgiven is the grace of God. To be provided for is the grace of God. To love other people that's unlovable is the grace of God. See, that's the kingdom. And that's the image of man. That's the image of God in Jesus Christ. And that's what the world is hungry for. They are yearning for it. They're screaming for it. And we have it. See, young people today, they're not just going to show up at the church. The young people of today, they do stuff like this all the time. And they have results, what they do there. They see stuff happen with their eyes. If we want to reach them, we better trust that the kingdom begin to reign through us, that they begin to see things happen in the body of Christ. That they can't reason against the fact that God is alive. The early church start off with that. I know there's many pastors today who said, Oh, just let's, let's love the people, that's fine. Preach them blue. Preach and preach and preach. I'm not judging, I'm the same. <laughs> we, I'm not judging. We, we can't go and we can't um, extend the kingdom without preaching and without teaching. Are you guys with me? It's the gifts of the body of Christ. Amen? But somewhere, we have to trust the Father that signs, wonders, and miracles will follow what we do, what we say. If it's grace, then honestly, we are in a place that signs, wonders, and miracles have to, to begin to flow. And I'm not, I'm not chasing after signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm moved with compassion because I know how people feel that's in pain. I know how people feel that's in emotional pain. I know how people feel that don't have it all together. And how, how they struggle and have lost in life. And things are broken. I know how they feel. I'm moved by that. Because I want people to experience God. Amen. I want them to experience the love of the Father. Thank you Jesus. Grace reigned through righteousness. Amen. So to taper this down to darkness and light today. The, the scriptures say that, that arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Man, I think that's a different picture than what the church really think when they begin to quote it. Honestly. Now listen to this, and I'm going to show you what darkness is, and I'm going to show you about what light is, because the kingdom of God is really, it is really the image of Jesus Christ manifesting in the earth. Through the church. Honestly. Listen to this. Colossians 1 verse 13. Say to the person next to you. We are close. <laughs> he has delivered us. From the power of darkness. 
and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Can you see what is going on here? You were under the power of darkness. In other words, you were in the kingdom of darkness. And when you accept him, he conveyed you or moved you into the kingdom of the son of your love. You came out of darkness into light. You were, were enlightened. How many of you agree? The moment when you really find out who Jesus truly is, you got enlightened. Woo! Yeah. I didn't know that. Whoa, Jesus is like Mark when he was saved and he found out grace. He was like so happy. He said, Jesus, you can take me to heaven right now because for the first time I'm perfect. For the first time I'm okay. <laughs> but this is not his plan because he felt like I, I don't want to lose this. So let me go to heaven. You can't lose it. See, this is where the renewing of the mind come in. Amen. He's, and then he say of his son, of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins the moment that you were forgiven you step out of darkness into light the moment that you understand that you have been forgiven for eternity Amen. not tomorrow when you make a mistake oh i'm back to square one no it doesn't work that way you're not in a baseball game you are not in a football game. There's time out now, guys. No, it, it doesn't work that way in the kingdom of God. Amen. So Jesus answered and say, um, um, and, and, and I'm going to come back to that verse. But if we go into John 8, verse 34 and, and 36, Jesus answered, you know the conversation here, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And he's in a conversation with these disciples, not disciples, with these Scribes and Pharisees and stuff. And they say, Most surely I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Whoa. And the slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son set you free, you shall be free indeed. Okay? So he's actually choking these guys. <laughs> in a very nice way. <laughs> he's choking them in a very nice way. They know what is going on. They are like, you know, and he's like standing there. I just spoke the truth to you, you know. Are you with me? Not nasty. I don't believe he was nasty like some people are today when it comes to scripture. Anyway, let's step away from that. See, sin, see, there's something that we need to understand about sin. Sin is not the things that we do or don't do. Sin is really missing out on sonship. Sin is really about you don't know who you are. That's what sin is all about. Honestly. I think many people are confused between the works of the flesh and sin. <laughs> works of the flesh is the end result of you living under the law. Trying to live up to a standard. Trying to become a son. See, that's... But sin, the Greek word is amartia, which ha is a negative form. And marta come from the word... Martia come from the word miros, which means... Ha is negative and miros means form. It's a negative form. So it's a negative form that you have of yourself. So it's a negative ident identity that you have of yourself. Ha miros. That's why the word metamorphosis, meta means with, and morphosis is also root in the, rooted in the word miros, which means with form. <laughs> So if you transform, you transform from a misform, misconception of who you are to a true reality of who you are. You are with form, you are with God's form now. Thank you, Jesus. 
Isn't that awesome? The sin system is governed by the idea of justification by personal effort, performance and pretense, which is the typical fruit of the I am not mindset. The sun makes you free when you hear who you are in Him. Amen. That's faith. How many of you agree with me? That's faith. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Romans 4. Now you're still with me? So sin is not to believe what Jesus say about you. The silent in this Escopalian, Escopalian church. And Jesus go further on and now he really choked them. John 8, 4, <laughs> 44, he really choked them and he said to them, man, I've never said this to anybody. Jesus stepped out and he said, he said, you are of your father, the devil. <laughs> Phew, that's a hard one. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. He is a liar and a father of it. You know what is something here that is really interesting? The word here is diabolic um, that he used. Who is their father? And you know what diabolic means? Dia or diabolos, where it comes from, which is translated as devil. The word that is really used here is, is of two components, which is dia, which means because of or through, and balo, to cast down. So Jesus say. You are from the one who wants to cast down all the time. Because that's exactly what the work of the enemy is, is to cast you down. How many of you know those who wait upon the Lord, they will mount up with wings. To wait upon God, the Greek, the Hebrew word uh, um, means to get entwined or to abide like a parasite plant that grows into a tree and start living off that tree. You are not a parasite, but I'm saying... Just the illustration. Are you with me? You begin to draw from that tree. And that, that, that plant lift from that tree. It put it hooks into that tree. And that's the same idea what it gives there when you wait on God. You get entwined with Him. And you begin to draw from Him. And you begin to mount up. But when you begin to listen to the lies that comes out of darkness, you begin to lose momentum. And you go down. Thank you, Jesus, that we have the victory in you. Because there is times that we go down. But how many of you agree with me that he lifts us up again? Huh? Isn't that powerful? That's the grace of God, man. That's the kingdom of God. We are such a weird kingdom. <laughs> this is not like the kingdoms of the world. It's like, man, some of us is like one day up, the other day we are on. It's like an army truck. It's like you got everybody on and we are on our way to war. And the next moment you have to stop again because they shout from the back three, four have fallen off. We need to get them up again. And, but you know what? Finally, eventually we make it. Are you with me? By the grace of the Lord, we are going forward. I'm using this as a, this, as a joke. I want to go on in that, and I'm coming towards the end of my sermon. I want to come on because I want to show you image. Say image. Did you know that the kingdom of God is actually really your image that make an effect wherever you go? That's really what it is. 
uh, to prove it further in, uh, in Colossians, you remember I read you that verse in Colossians 1 from verse 13. He said that He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. And then He make a very powerful statement. Listen to this. He said, He is the image. I love that. We have been conveyed into this kingdom of the Son of His love. He is the image, wow, of the invisible God. <laughs> oh man, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that is in heaven and that is on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things, say all things, were created through Him and for Him. And He is the head, the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have preeminence. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you know that Colossians, if you go down in Colossians 1, 26 and 27, that they say, the mystery that was being hidden for ages, now being revealed, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the image of the invisible God have come and take hold of you. You are standing in the kingdom of light. And wherever you go, you bring light. Oh man, Jesus. To prove to you further that when Jesus came in John 1 verse from verse 1 he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and in him was in, and, and he was in the beginning with God all things were made through him you see that again so if all things were made through him and you are in him come on where are you and he is in you where are you are you going to allow stuff to reign over you? Or are you going to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The grace of Jesus Christ is flowing. Right now, the situation that I am in is crooked. But I am right. And I'm standing in this crooked situation. And this crooked situation will become right. Come on, Peter Swart. <laughs> And then he goes on and he say, And without him nothing was made that was made, and in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Say the light of men. The, light of men. Oh, the life is in me. It's the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Then he go down to verse 9, and he say in verse 9, and I'm going somewhere here, don't worry. Say to the person next to you, he's going somewhere. That... And then he said, that was the true light that gives light to every man coming into the world. And then he goes on and he say in verse 12 to 13, But as many as received him, how many of you have received Jesus? To them he gave the right to become the children of God. See that word right again? To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Thank you, Jesus. Now we're getting close. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. That's kingdom. That's kingdom right there. And the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
and he's talking about this light and darkness and he talked about the fact that we are sons and he's talking about the glory and he's talking about all these things and then suddenly he made one statement that it sounds like it's not supposed to be in that context. And what is this statement? He made this statement and he say, For the law was given by Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Bang! Right there is the answer to darkness and light. That's what he was talking all the time, right through there. You want to go back into darkness, try to obey the law. Some people say, well, I'm not under the Ten Commandments. I'm not. There is 363, I think, 323. Yes, it's 613 <coughs> laws, okay? Let's say you can do them all. Well, what do you do? Here's my point. Anything that you do to get God to bless you, you're under a law. Anything you do in this new covenant that God must love you more, or I've done my duty, you're under a law. If you sit here right now this morning and you think the promises are somewhere in the future, you are under the law. Because the law puts everything in the future. Oh, gosh, Peter. Yeah, but God is not coming through for me. Because you got to learn what it means to live from here and understand that the fullness of the God that dwells in him bodily and you are complete in him. It may not look like that in the natural. In the spirit, you have it and God is busy working in the spirit. Are you still with me? I love this. See, the image of the law, this is why many people don't understand this. They preach all kinds of stuff around this. That's why Paul makes this statement. And he say, every time that Moses is read, there come a veil over the heart. It brings darkness. Every time that we have this thought that we got to do something, and we gotta, we got to live up to the standard. We got, i got to pray more. i got to do this more. I'm not sh sh shutting down prayer. I'm not shutting down studying the Word of God. Man, we pray a lot. We study the Word. Me and my wife meditate together, although we slacked the last week. <laughs> we, need to, we need to get it ready again. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyway, it, it's, if we... If we um, you begin to step your heart you bring your heart back into darkness. You understand what I'm saying to you? You bring it back under the ministry of condemnation. But guess what? God is greater than your heart. <laughs> this is the amazing thing of this gospel. It's like there was times that I lost it, man. He just brought me back and I would say, what did I do right? No, you did nothing right. <laughs> just because I love you. Isn't that awesome? I'm almost done, I promise you. I'm preaching long today. Um, in Acts 6 verse 5, they choose the 7, and I see something that's really outstanding. It says, And Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit. I always thought about that. And I remember how we preached that in the olden days. We would preach and say, Oh, he was full of faith, man. That guy studied the scriptures. He didn't have little faith. He didn't have a, 
Are you with me? You know when Jesus said to them, um, O ye of little faith. Remember he said that? Did you know how, what the real translation of that is? He actually said to them, Why is your faith so short-lived? He didn't say they don't have faith. He said, Why is your faith so short-lived? <laughs> he said, I just did a big miracle and now you are in trouble and you are like, now you don't have faith anymore. You know? And the centurion, Oh, a man of great faith. And we say, I need to become like the centurion, a man of great faith. Oh, come on. You are on this side of the grave. You have faith. But what does it mean when he says, Stephen, a man full of faith? Can I tell you why Stephen was a man? Why they say he was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit? To be full of faith means that this guy believed everything that Jesus said about him. <laughs> That's what it means to be full of faith. He had an absolute identity in Christ Jesus. He didn't struggle with who he is. He knew who he was. And the Holy Spirit is on that. People say, I got to do more and I got to pray more and I got to fast and I gotta, then, then the Holy Spirit will be more powerful on me. No, no, no. Jesus said, just find out who you are. And then you will see how the Holy Spirit is functioning through you. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. That's why Jesus said the kingdom of God is righteousness, identity, peace, and joy. It all flow out of righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, I got to stop. I got a lot of stuff here. I got to stop. I will preach this stuff on another time. Your pastor rejected me for two years, but... I, I will come back two years from now. <laughs> preach the other part. <laughs> I'm just joking. Mark and Valerie, they love us. They are good people. They are amazing pastors. See, this is why Paul, this is why Paul made this statement, and I close down with this. In 1 Corinthians 4:20, Paul say, The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Because what happened is, there is people who come into that church, the, the, the original Greeks say the kingdom of God is not in Logos, but in Dunamis. So apparently it was people who was just babbling there. And he says, and he actually have a Mexican stand down with them, if you put it that way. Because he said, I will come and then you show me your power and I show you my power. Sometimes it blows my mind because, I mean, I'm not there yet. Sometimes people upset me with the stuff that I say and I felt like, I wish I would be like Paul. Just go down there and send him a message, a text message and say, I'm coming down there, then you show us your power and I will show the people my power. I'm just honest with you, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm growing in this thing. Are, are you with me? We're growing in this. We have it, but we're growing. I need the revelation of what this man had. This man didn't take nonsense. He was like, okay... You guys are babbling a lot there. You are interfering with the gospel. You are polluting the gospel with your message. So I tell you what, I'm going to come down there and I will show you that my gospel got power. And we'll see if your gospel got power. That's what he was actually saying to them. I believe we are entering into that. But the main thing that I want to bring to you here this morning is that you got to understand that the image of God is the kingdom of God in you. You don't have a darkened in image. 
You've been created in the image of Jesus Christ. The moment that you understand it, the kingdom is active. The moment you understand it, the Holy Spirit is active. Things begin to happen. So that's why it's so important that we teach the body of Christ that they come to a full conclusion and understanding of who they are in Christ Jesus. And what they have in Christ Jesus. Because this is when the Holy Spirit begins to move. Amen. Father, we just thank you this morning for your goodness and your mercy and your grace and your loving kindness. We thank you that the kingdom is here. We thank you that it's at hand. We thank you this morning that we can think different concerning this. We thank you this morning that if there is sick people in this place, if there is people who struggle with emotions, if there is people who need direction, if there's people who suffer in certain areas, we thank you that the kingdom is here. We thank you that you are here. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. And we thank you that you are here. Jesus, you came to set free, to heal, to deliver. And we praise you for that. And you've given us the authority to do these things. Thank you for that, Lord. It's a privilege to be in your kingdom. It's a privilege that you flow through our hands, Lord. We praise you for that this morning. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. This is Mark Testerman, Senior Pastor of Triumphant Grace Ministries. I want to say thank you for listening to the finished work gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that the good news found throughout the message has richly encouraged you in the love of the Father. Friends, this podcast is supported by the generous financial support of its listeners. And if today's message has ministered to you, then would you consider a gift that ministers back to us? You can text the word GIVE G-I-V-E to 833-632-1315 or you can visit triumphantgrace.com and donate through PayPal or credit card. The cornerstone scripture for Triumphant Grace Ministries is found in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14. For by one sacrifice, He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Great grace, such grace, triumphant grace to you. God bless you.